0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox we're going to be looking at our sermon series of let us pray we're really focusing in on prayer and prayers that were prayed in the bible how we can use them ourselves and actually what they say to us and i don't know how good your prayer life is But often the biggest comment is, I struggle to know what to pray, struggle to know what to say, struggle to know what to do. So use God's word. Use things that are already there. You know, often churches use prayer books. I know a friend of mine who was a vicar, who when he came to us as a church, struggled because he said he'd never spontaneously prayed. It had always been from a book. So actually, there's no shame in using somebody else's words, whether it's our songs. Interestingly, Donna said there were an old song on Wednesday at John's celebration. He said, we're going to sing a modern song. It was written before I was born. That's how modern that song was. You know, I knew it, but uh, yeah, anyway. But the moment we see in our world panic and isolation, yeah, even today some of you are isolating yourselves off each other, you know, which is probably wise. Um, But we're seeing people clinging to all sorts of things for hope, aren't we? Yeah? We're seeing a world where the vulnerable will probably become a little bit more vulnerable. Where we're seeing lonely people who will feel more alone. And we'll see people who are fearful be more fearful. In fact, uh, we also sang on Wednesday when the roll is called up yonder. Don't think that was anything to do with panic buying; that the rolls had suddenly disappeared. <laughs> but not since the days of a man sat on a toilet while a Labrador ran off with his toilet roll have we seen such panic in toilet roll sales, have we? You know, the Andrex poppy—it's soft, soft, strong, and very, very long. You know, hopelessness and confusion. I don't know about you, but if you've ever—have you ever seen any TV program or film? about sort of an apocalyptic time where the one thing they've been bothered about is toilet roll. It's usually weapons and food, I think is probably the thing. I've seen World War Z and I've seen a few other things. And the only time I can remember a film where anyone went to the toilet was at Jurassic Park and he got eaten by a T-Rex. So let's stay off. Let's stay off that subject this morning. But people are worried about isolation for a long period of time and rightly so and as I say the recommendations we would give is the same as the government guidelines wash your hands you know some of us have aged drastically singing happy birthday all that many times to ourselves but wash your hands properly do it thoroughly I I went to an event last night um, and actually a guy went to toilet and didn't wash his hands then I'm thinking if you're not going to do it now you're never going to do it really are you but actually we need to be taking the right measures but we don't need to panic because panic actually causes the opposite effect. You know, it causes the opposite effect. And actually, as Christians, we need to stay calm, not just carry on as before, but we need to stay calm. And we need to show people love and kindness. And uh, if you are of a vulnerable age, then don't take unnecessary risks. You'll notice there's a few of our older members not here today, and that's because it's wise. You know, if you've got issues with your lungs, then don't come for the time being. But let us know how we can help you. Or let us know if you want a phone call, because we would rather see people long-term than short-term, in reality. If we can do anything as a church, let us know. We can't promise to do everything, but we want to try. So if you know somebody who needs our help, then please let us know. But today, in this period of panic and isolation, we're going to look at three prayers of Paul's. Paul wrote many letters of the New Testament. He was a massive uh, persecutor of Christians. The early church, he was having people killed, put in prison. He was having people stoned to death because he disagreed with what they stood for. And then one day, it all changed. Because he had a moment where he met Jesus. And he went from being the biggest hater to the biggest Christian, probably. And he wrote many of these letters that we read in our New Testament. And we're going to look at these three short prayers of Paul's. And I want to say this. All three of these prayers were prayed when he was in isolation. Appropriate. They were prayed when he was in prison. He was probably chained to other guards at times, sometimes under health arrest, but he was in isolation. His circumstances are difficult, lonely, and uncertain. Yeah? Sound familiar to where we're going at the moment? His prayers were written in loneliness, isolation, and uncertainty. But as we read these prayers, I want you to notice that he writes with joy, and he writes with love, and he writes with great hope to others, because he's not just thinking about himself. In the days of panic buying toilet roll, I think there's a selfishness about it. And can I just say, we've numbered all the pieces in the toilet, so don't think of anything. (laughs) Haven't really. Invisible ink. We haven't really. But if we see you going out with pockets stuffed, then we'll be frisking you down. No, we won't, because we're not allowed two metres close to you. So it's fine. I did see a video on Facebook this week of somebody going into a coffee shop for a coffee and then pulling out a roll of toilet paper and tearing a sheet off to pay for his coffee. So there we go. You can try it. Maybe that's where we're going. So let's read the first of these prayers. We can find it in Ephesians if you've got your Bible with you. If you haven't and you've got a smartphone, download a free one. YouVersion app is very good. Download a Bible so you can take it away and read it. If you want a physical Bible, tell us and we'll give you one. You know, because we want you to be able to go and feed yourself as well. Because in this time of isolation, you might have to. So Ephesians chapter 1 is the first prayer. Verses 15 to 19 says this. Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, That power is the same as the mighty strength that rose Jesus from the dead. Yeah? This prayer is joyful, isn't it? It's powerful. It doesn't sound like he's going, oh, I'm in prison. Poor me. Oh, nobody's been to visit me. He is preaching it, isn't he? He's really going to these people and saying, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. First point from this prayer is to give thanks despite our circumstances, to give thanks despite our isolation. And over the coming weeks, if you end up in a situation where you can't go to work or you can't go to school, I want to encourage you to take communion, as I've said, with your family or with a friend, with somebody, to remember Jesus and to not stop giving thanks for what Jesus has done. Yeah? To do that, we can do that. It doesn't matter whether we're in isolation. If you have to do it over FaceTime with a friend, do it. Do it on video call. Pray together and give thanks. We want to encourage you to give thanks for Jesus and to give thanks for others who are standing firm in their faith. Do you know somebody who's standing really strong in their faith? Do you know somebody who has encouraged you in your faith? Give thanks. That's how we start by praying. Give thanks. Gratitude. Paul gave thanks despite his attitude and his circumstances, sorry. He focused on Jesus and others before himself. How often do we lose sight of that? Paul looked to Jesus, then to others before himself. And that is our attitude this morning. That has to be our attitude. Jesus, others, ourselves. You know, when waves smash against us, we often forget that principle. We've sung a song this morning, It Is Well. It's based on an old hymn by a guy called Horatio, there we go, Spafford. I knew somebody would chime in. This isn't in my notes. He was an amazing guy. Do you know why? Because he wrote that song at a time when he'd lost everything. His wife and his children had died in a a ship accident, and he'd lost everything. And yet he sings, It Is Well With My Soul. Why? Because he can give thanks in Jesus, because he has a hope, and they had a hope. They weren't hopeless. So it is well with my soul. is isn't about ignoring your circumstances. It's fixing your eyes on the one who can change them. It's fixing your eyes on the one that is in them. And it's fixing your eyes on the one who never, ever fails. You know, Paul does not lose sight of this principle. All three of the prayers we're going to read this morning are thankful. What are you thankful for today? Maybe you're thankful that you're not sat near to somebody. I don't know. Maybe that's your attitude. <laughs> Maybe you're thankful this morning for family. Maybe you're thankful for your health. Maybe you're thankful for friendship. Maybe you're thankful just that you can come to this place and see people at least once a week. Yeah. And it would be tragic if that was taken away, wouldn't it? But we've got to be sensible. What are you thankful for? Because Paul, despite his circumstances, is thankful. He doesn't even mention his own situation to them. He doesn't say, oh, and by the way, I'm writing this chained up. You should feel sorry for me. He just thanks and doesn't stop. You know, we support several projects in Uganda as a church. One of them is Blessed Hill. You might have heard the name Blessed Hill. It's a school that has gone from being pretty much a ramshackle collection of huts to an incredible building thanks to a, a, the, the fundraising of us as a church and a group of solicitors in Manchester. It's an amazing place. We also support a village at Baduda on the top of a mountain. And one that is particularly close to our hearts as a family is one in Chinoni, which is a school which is run by a guy called Henry. And in all of these places, we've experienced great joy and thankfulness. And we turn up, and they are just overjoyed to see us. You know, I know some of you must feel that way on a Sunday morning when you see us, but they are overjoyed. We turned up at one of those places. We arrived in the dark. We were late. And they greeted us with singing and dancing and instruments and walked us up the hill. It was like... Whoa, we, we were feeling tired and a little bit, we've had this long six-hour journey, it's been a bit sweaty, a bit horrible, and we were greeted with joy from people who had nothing compared to us. In fact, actually, Joel had been eating Pringles, you know, typical sort of thing, he'd been eating a, t- a, jar, a jar, a tube, that's the one, tube, a tube of Pringles, and he'd finished it, and we got there, and one of the kids said to him, can I have that? I was like, well, yeah, and immediately just started using it as a drum, you know, and we were like, you're taking our rubbish, really, and using it for thankfulness. That's what Paul's doing. He's giving thanks. He says, I've never stopped giving thanks. I want, to, I want to just rejoice. Gratitude, despite circumstances. You know, the verse says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, you know, because that's what it's about, even Jurgen Klopp this week, the Liverpool manager, has said, "You know, there's more important things than football." You know, I'm I'm struggling at the moment to agree with him, but <laughs> th- there's, there's there's more important. Th- and people are worried that Liverpool going to be given the title or not. He says it really doesn't matter. It's more important that everybody's well. I think he's saying that, and they're secretly going, "But I hope they give us it, is, is what I'm thinking. But the joy of the Lord, it, you know, whatever happens, we can still say the joy of the Lord is our strength, if He is our Lord. We can always say the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have had an incredibly difficult couple of weeks as family. But there's been God's kindness in it. There's been God's goodness in it. And we've seen joy. Why? Because we have a God who is good. And we have a saviour who has saved and will keep on saving others. Second point from this prayer. It says pray for wisdom and revelation to know him better. How often do you pray to know more about somebody? to get to know somebody. You know, we want to know Jesus more. We can pray, God, show me more of you. Um, Roz probably knows me better than any of you. and That's right. It would be weird if she didn't know you as well as, me as well as you do. But Roz knows me better than any of you. She spent time dealing with me and loving me and standing with me. In 23 and a half years, more of me has been revealed to her than she previously knew. Don't think that, okay? More of my personality has been revealed to Roz than ever before. So I asked her this week, I said, what's been re- what have you known more about me in 23 years? You know, what have you re- what's been revealed to you in 23 years? And I'm thinking, I'm going to get a really nice answer, really good. And the answer was, that it doesn't matter whatever I try, you can't be changed. <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh, personally. I had to go and watch Riverdance last night. You know, I think I've been changed. 24 years—it's taken me that long to take her to see all that. You know, she claims I was clapping my hands. I said, "No, I was definitely tapping my feet." You're not allowed to use the top half. I and me in Irish dancing. No, no top half allowed. It's all down here, and very impressive. But yeah, I don't think I'll be. Well, I won't rush to see it again. Well, I won't. It's expensive. But anyway. <laughs> So it doesn't matter what she tries, I can't be changed. That's what's been revealed to her about me, is she's got to know me, that I can't be changed. Jesus says otherwise. (laughs) So I said to her, what about the positives, Roz? What about the positives that have been revealed? She said, well, I'm more patient and more self-controlled. As in, she is, not me, okay? (laughs) The other thing, I don't know what I was expecting, but I asked for it. And then she said, it's okay, because love cancels everything and I love you unconditionally. So there we go. That was a positive, wasn't it? But in 23 years of marriage, how often have I prayed for wisdom to know Ros more? But more importantly, in my relationship with Jesus, how often have I said, God, show me more of you? God, reveal more of yourself to me. Many of you in this room might have known Jesus for a long time. You might have had that relationship for a long time. There might be people in this room who've never started a relationship with Jesus. You know, you're on a journey, but God says we can ask for wisdom and that He will reveal. The Bible says, "Seek and you will find that if we look for Him, we will find Him. Ask for wisdom. You know James's letter, which we'll read at the end, tells us to ask for it. Solomon in the Bible asks for wisdom above all else. He wasn't very wise in the end, but he asked for wisdom above all else. Didn't ask for wealth, riches, power. He asked for wisdom. In these uncertain times, what do you think we need to be asking for? It's not loo roll. It's wisdom. Wisdom to make the right choices, to say the right things. Paul prays it for others, not just for himself. It's important. He says we need wisdom, and we need others to have wisdom. Ask for God to reveal things to us that we might be wise and discerning. So that prayer in Ephesians is the first one that I thought we'd have a look at. And it says... Ask that God will be revealed. And it says, don't stop giving thanks. There's two things this morning you can take away. If you take nothing away other than that, give thanks and ask for wisdom. Second prayer is in Philippians chapter 1. Again, written while Paul was in prison. These are called the prison letters. That's why I've chosen them, because he's in isolation. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 says this, and this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge. Again, there we have it again. That your love may abound more in knowledge. So, in other words, as we get to know God, that we'll love him even more. Our love will get. Who wants more love? Yeah, not just to receive it, but to give it. We pray that our love will be abounding, overflowing. For each other, but more importantly for God. We pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Why? So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Third thing, we need to pray for more love. Do we live in a world that's loving? Not particularly. We're seeing at this time, even more than ever, people not loving and not being very caring. As a church, we can stand out and say we need more love. How do we get it, we ask. God, give me your love through your Holy Spirit. Abounding in love. I could go back to Ros. You know, she's discovered to love me more. And I've discovered to love her more. Sometimes it's not easy to show it. But have I asked for more so that I can fulfill that role? We need to ask for it. Abounding in knowledge again. Sometimes we get to know someone more. Maybe it hinders our love, Yeah. If you ever got to know somebody and you started thinking, oh, actually, I don't love you as much as you did, you know? <laughs> don't, don't turn to your partners at this point. That's dangerous. <laughs> but I believe what Paul's saying is as we get to know God more, then love will grow for him and for others. As we draw closer to him, our love will grow so that we will know what is best. We will discern what's right. We will know what is best. Do you want to know the best that God has for you, or are you worried that God's best might mess with your plans? Do you want God's best for your life? If I ask that part of the question, the answer should be, yeah. I want God's best. If God is the creator of this universe, I want the best he's got to give, yeah? But then the second part of that is, even if it gets in the way of your plans, even if it gets in the way of your ideas, even if it stops you from doing a certain thing or being in a certain position or being with a certain person, do we want what God's best? You know, our parents might give good advice. Whose parents gives good advice? Joel? <laughs> okay. But you know what? Sometimes our parents' advice might get in the way of our good ideas. Why do our parents give advice? Hopefully it's because they love us. Hopefully it's because they want what's best for us. God is a good father. He's a good dad. And he wants the best. Wants the best. You know, I'm supposed to be taking my dad to a show next Saturday. And the chances are it won't be on. It's not Riverdance. I'm not rushing there, okay? The chances are it won't be on. But I could stamp my feet and say, you need to come. This was your Christmas present. You've got to come with me because I bought this for you. This is my plan. I want to take you so you're coming. Is that the best idea? No, my dad's acting on the best advice he's got at the moment as a 78-year-old, that going in a crowd is not a good thing to do for somebody who's had operations recently. His idea, his advice, his wisdom is messing up my plan. But am I willing to say, Dad, actually, that's the best? God's the same, you know. God might say things to us and prompt us and say, do you know what, that's not great. But my dad is doing what's best. He knows the risks, he accepts the situation as it is and acts wisely. It's a bit like us and God. Do you know, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will convict us, will say to us, do you know, that's not great, Johnny. will nudge us in the ribs and say, Johnny, pff, it's not my best. Sometimes it might be in your conscience that says it, but the Holy Spirit, when we ask for wisdom, will show us the things we need to sort out. Have we got things that need sorting out today? Yeah. Ask God to show you what. Ask God for wisdom. And say, God, I want to do what is best for me because you know what is best for me. But don't ask it. Get the wisdom and then ignore it. (laughs) Because that's not wise, is it? We do what we see the Father doing. We need to be willing to go with his best, not our hope and ideas. So the second prayer, he says more love and again more wisdom. Third prayer we find in Colossians, It is a whistle-stop tour. Our speaker in two weeks, if it's still on, will be speaking on another of Paul's prayers. So I didn't want to do that one and and spoil uh, what he's got to say. But Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 12 says this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Not stopped praying for you. Not just giving thanks, but not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Again, asking God for his wisdom. How many of us just have a shopping list of God help me do this, protect me from this? God, give me wisdom to make the decisions. (laughs) Give me wisdom to know what's right. The knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all his power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Sounds like rosa has been praying for that, does not it, with me? Great endurance and patience. She's managed. Well done. 24, old people are married for 24, 25 years, aren't they? I'm not old, am I? don't say yes so confidently don't stop fourth thing from these prayers don't stop praying don't stop praying don't give up in all three of these prayers it talks of praying for wisdom and knowledge it talks of praying for God's strength, might and power it talks about giving thanks but this one says I haven't stopped how many of us think I'm going to pray about this situation and we give it a week maybe even a week's too much yeah, Maybe sometimes we think a situation We think, right God, I'm going to bring this to prayer I'm going to lay it at your feet I'm going to pray and Then three days later you think Oh well, God's not answered my prayer I'm not going to bother Anyone, anyone had that attitude? Yeah Because we're impatient Well do you know, Paul says Don't give up Don't stop praying Don't stop asking Don't stop coming to me Don't stop God's timing is best, and it's different to ours. We think of a day in a year as a long time. To God, it's nothing. And in his time, the best will happen. It's hard to see in a world at the moment. People say, well, if, this is, if there's a God, how is this happening? God is still there. We've talked about the tapestry, haven't we? Sometimes there's dark threads in the tapestry. We don't see the big picture. But also, if you look at the Bible, it doesn't promise everybody will live forever. Unless you come to him and you live with him forever. But it does talk and warn. You know, the book of Revelation warns about a third of our seas being out of use. We're not seeing that now, a little bit. With the plastic situation and the rubbish, our seas are dying. The Bible talks about in Revelation before they had plastic and before they saw those situations. You know, there's talk of... Wars, rumours of wars. Are we seeing that? Yep. Over toilet roll even. It talks of all sorts of things that are gonna happen before Jesus comes again. And they are warnings to point us to him. If you go I remember when you remember when the tsunami hit on Boxing Day many years ago, a lot of us in the West were going, How can there be a God when so many people have been wiped out? Do you know more people are wiped out every year because of their faith in Jesus than were wiped out in that tsunami? More people across our globe are killed simply for believing Jesus. We don't see that on the news. But you know, if you go to the tsunami places, more and more people in those situations were looking to God because they realized without him it's hopeless. So we can sit in our ivory towers in the western judge situations and go, well, can't be a God if that happens. But actually if you take yourself to a situation, you know, this is an opportunity at the moment for the church to rise up and be the church to love their neighbor, to give to those who have nothing, to support those who are lonely, to love. You know, perfect religion it says in the book of James is to look after the widows and the orphans. That's what we're going to have to do in this situation. Are we prepared? Or do we just like to come and sing a few songs and listen to a few words? God says don't stop, you know? I regularly give lifts to uh, a few people, to a few events that our church runs. And sometimes there's, there's two little children that come in my car, is the there, Steph? Okay. And even in the 10-minute journey, I get a regular running request of, Mom, 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 Johnny, 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 Dan, Dan, Mom, Mom, until somebody answers. It's a constant, and you're sitting there going... I've even thought about printing, you've been a star in Johnny's car stickers. So that a 10 minute journey I can give out a sticker to say, you've been a star, shut up. (laughs) God's attitude isn't like that. He doesn't say to you, shut up. He wants you to come and say, dad, 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 dad. And do you know every time he will listen and every time he will hear, he might not always give you the answer you want. You know, one of the questions is, can I play Fortnite when I get home? Can I play Fortnite when I get home? Can I play Fortnite when I get home? It's like, if you ask again, no. God isn't like that. But our requests need to be serious. A 10-minute journey can become a stream of requests, and our response is to get cross, grumpy, or frustrated, whereas God's response is to keep listening. And actually, usually, to change us as we make those requests to change our hearts, to change our attitudes. You know, sometimes God wants to see the seriousness of our hearts. Jesus told parables about people who had to keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. He told parables of people who had to keep being desperate and keep asking for things. Because then God can see the desires of our heart. You know, Paul's prayer is in isolation. It's for others, but we can pray these things for ourselves. If you don't know what to pray, take these verses home this week and read them. Put you in them and bring them or put others in them. Fifth point and last point, our prayers will bear bear fruit. Twice it talks about fruitfulness. Do you want to be fruitful? Do you want to live a life that's fruitful? Do you want to live a life that grows good things? Yeah? Not many of you are bad looks your faces. Some of you are starting to think, oh, I well, wish we you'd say, I'm finally. I'm finally. Do you want a life that grows good things? Yes. yes. Surely we all do. This says God will bring fruitfulness. It will bring good things. He will give wisdom. I'm going to cough because I've talked a lot. I've not got anything. <laughs> Honest. James chapter 1, verse 5 in the NIV says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God gives generously, specifically wisdom. Be wise and you'll be fruitful. Be loving and you'll be fruitful. In the message version, it says this. I think they'll come up on the screen. If you don't know what you're doing, that apply to anyone? Yeah, yeah if you don't know what you're doing pray to the father he loves to help you'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it ask boldly believingly without a second thought people who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Maybe you're keeping all your options open this morning. Maybe you're thinking, well, there might be a God, there might not be. There might be Jesus who died for me, there might not be. I'll look at all things. I'll come to church and that'll cover me. It's not enough. Jesus gave it all so that we could give it all back. Jesus gave it all. What do we learn from Paul's prayers? To pray thankfully for others. We're going to do that this week? Pray thankfully for others. To pray despite our circumstances, we do that this week? Yes. To keep asking, yes. to ask for more wisdom and love so that we will have an idea of what we are doing and do it with the right motives. So what do you need to keep asking for today? What do you need? God says, ask. What do you need to hear God say today? Ask him. Ask him to speak into your situation. Ask him for discernment. Maybe it'll be put down. Let go. Keep going. In a time when there's panic and worry, know that you are not alone or isolated because we have a God who is with us. In a time when we are worried and fearful, we have a God who wants to take our worries and his love for us will never run out. It is abounding abundant what are you going to pray what do you need most of all it's got to be wisdom to know what to do let's pray